0: just go to cars.com It's magical.
1: Welcome to another edition of the Indie Cornrows Rose podcast. I'm your host, Mark Schindler. And today, on a whim, joined by Dave Dufour of The Athletic, a host of uh, you know every great podcast on, on the face of the planet, I swear to God. Uh, Dave, how are you doing today,
0: man? Uh, I'm doing great, especially after that intro. I try my best, man. It's a yeah. special hype,
1: man. That's, that's part of my job. There you job. go.
0: That's what I need. That's oh, what yeah. I need. So first of all, uh, you just moved recently. How's that been going, man? Uh, Not bad. Not bad. Uh, if, the, if the NBA had not announced the, the comeback plans the same week that I closed on my house, I would be further along in the remodel. Uh, but... The NBA announcing the comeback sort of ramps us right back up. So all of my downtime was on the wrong end of buying this house. It's okay. It just means I'm, I'm working long weekends, but um, hard to complain.
1: Yeah, no, I yeah. feel that. That's awesome, man. So
0: obviously, <laughs> I mean, things, things are
1: heating up in and out of the bubble. Uh, so I guess we can get to talking about the bubble a little bit. Um, you know, first and foremost, I know you've been pretty staunch about uh, – not being a huge fan of the bubble and I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. Like, I think things have uh it, it's about as good of a situation as you can make it. But at the same time, there's so much other stuff going on besides basketball and COVID-19, you know, I mean, COVID-19 is what's going on. I mean, say like uh governor DeWine for Ohio, just had a press conference yesterday, reinforcing the need to wear masks. And like, yeah, I, I don't, it never stopped being a need, you know, it's just kind of crazy how how things are unfolding with it. So I don't, know, I, I don't know how you feel about it. It's, uh, obviously, I keep talking about the NBA because yeah. that's what I get paid to do. But right.
0: Like- my, my feelings on the bubble, I, like, here's the thing. First of all, my personal feelings about the bubble do not affect whether the bubble happens or not. Right? Yeah, exactly. I live in the world where the bubble is happening. And so, that's how I have to operate. I have done my best to present the science on it by actually presenting epidemiologists and scientists that do this. And work. not to
1: interject, but if you guys have not listened to that, definitely go listen to this with Dr. Zach Benny and I cannot remember the second doctor's name. Dr. Or,
0: Maria Botazzi. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that so, stuff
1: was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. A lot of great facts.
0: We have tried to use our platform to educate the public while also tying it back to the NBA. And so, you know, when I talked to Dr. Doctor Benny about the plan to come back, he seems to think it's a good plan. I'm not going to disagree with a guy whose job is to, you know, he works in epidemiology. Like this is what he does. Um, He went to school for a very long time to get to the point where he is an expert. I will take his, I will trust his opinion. Now there are concerns certainly about what's happening in Florida around the bubble, but the bubble itself is safer than the rest of society. Now part of me thinks sometimes that that's part of why people uh, feel, the visceral emotions that they feel about it when they're upset about it Mm -hmm. is that, you know, like there's a sense of helplessness that we all feel because of the government's poor response because of, you know, the state's poor response and because of our fellow citizens, poor response, but all, none of that has anything to do with this private entity deciding how to spend their money and, and what to do. And I get paid to cover the league. So I have talked about the bubble. I try to be objective about it my opinion, my personal opinion I've put out there. Um, But at the end of the day, plan looks good. Everything's going according to plan. I hope they pull this thing off.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I keep hoping for the best and uh, stop ordering Postmates to the bubble, please.
0: Somebody make it stop. (laughs) Uh, uh, The fact that- I mean, I'm just like, honestly, I'm not going to lie. Like it's, it's nice. Like I, I really enjoyed watching these guys like out having fun. They're like, it's almost like we're living vicariously through them. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'm ready for basketball to come back. It's going to be nice. Yeah,
1: I'm ready to watch some new stuff, man. I uh, Like you were saying before we got on, not watching old games. I am ready to not be watching any more old games. I'm about as caught up as I can be. I I'm say watching that, soccer. I've I, got yeah.
0: soccer on over here. So, like, if you see me looking off, I'm just... <laughs> one, no, you're good.
1: One of, my, one of my buddies that I podcast with uh, on my other site is trying to get me into
0: soccer, and I just... I can't get into it, man. I, I've been—you know—I've been—I've been floating the idea that they should consider a two-point line. Hmm. But only in MLS, just to get people to watch. Oh, okay.
1: In soccer, I was like, in yeah, in yeah, yeah. I was like, not I was ba- well, Basketball. I was <laughs> like, there, it's, it's already there almost. But yeah, no. <laughs> in, in in soccer, I feel like that could make sense. I've seen some crazy, crazy. Probably golfers. not. Probably not. Hey, anything's it would possible. Would change the
0: dynamics, though.
1: Yeah, we lo- we love dynamic changes. Uh, speaking of dynamic changes and looking at uh, at the team that we're here to talk about, the Indiana Pacers, um, you know, I want to get your perspective going into the bubble. Uh, first of all, what you think about this team and, you know, kind of what they've built towards this year. I obviously have all my own opinions and stuff that I'll get to in a minute, but um, I-, I love hearing from outside opinions a little bit on, on where, what what you think of the team, where they're at and uh, kind of where they're headed.
0: I mean, where they're headed is completely dependent on Victor Oladipo. If he's healthy, if he's going to play, um, where his head is long-term even, mm-hmm. um, which may even impact the if he's going to play. Uh, so it's really hard to tell. They're in a state of flux, clearly. This is a pretty good team, even without Oladipo. I mean, they, they pretty much played all season. Really good basketball without him. Clearly, he takes them to a different level not a championship level but you know the into the, the conversation for that that four seed you know uh the upper part of the east um, i still don't think they're quite there so mm-hmm. only slightly better with him like where they've been they had a really nice season brogdon was a great surprise you know in in an enhanced role obviously sabonis making the all star game well deserved uh for the season that he put up in the east um, but but ultimately it, it's sort of a similar problem that they had but without the high-end talent when they had Paul George, right? Um, Paul George, much better than Victor Oladipo as a player. Pretty good supporting cast. Couldn't get over the hump. Well, now you have a player who's not as good as Paul George. Pretty good supporting cast. Is this team going to get over the hump? Probably not. Like, this is not going to be a championship team. So now you you get to the point where you've got to worry about whether Oladipo is going to leave or not, and maybe you've got some decisions to make there. They're in a weird spot, man. Speaking on Victor,
1: things are very weird with how it went down. I think it's a little bit different from Paul George's situation just because of the way that the messages are being conveyed and, and getting out there, you know. I So I was on the media call with Victor yesterday, and I I think it's, it's weird to look at and think about. It's, it's my first time, you know, kind of being around to, to witness this stuff from not a fan perspective, you know. And he seems – very content to be a Pacer. Everything he says, he loves the organization. You know, I think I don't think that's really news to anybody. Uh, obviously, you know, I think there are some legitimate reasons to think that there might be a tie to Miami. But by all accounts, he's happy to be a Pacer. The, the Pacers are willing to pay him, which is, I think, what it comes down to. And I think they would be crazy to not pay him because they're not going to get anybody of similar value in any way, shape, or form uh, within a similar time frame. But, yeah, that's my little soliloquy on that. I think it's a little bit different from Paul George. But I, I would also agree. We're probably going to catch some heat for saying that he's not as good as Paul George was because, let me tell you, Paul George is still a thorn in the side of at least 90% of the Indiana
0: fans. And only because he said he wanted to stay there and then has changed the story, you know, like eight times since he left. So, uh, listen, Oladipo is not as good as Paul George is or was. Um. I would argue that the team around Oladipo is a notch below the team that Paul George had, you know, that those Eastern conference teams, uh, finalists, I don't know what the expectations should be for this team. You know, are they scrappy enough that I could see them, you know, taking, uh, Boston or someone like that to six or seven games, maybe, but everything has to break, right? Meaning they need Oladipo where that leaves them. If Oladipo wants out, I don't know. You just got to try to get the best deal you can. But if we're going to look at what other players have have netted in a trade recently, has been great. When when stars start exercising their pre-agency, so to speak, mm-hmm. it, it has not been great for the incumbent teams. So I don't know. Uh, is there a Miami connection? I, I didn't realize that.
1: Uh, his he co-owns a gym that is in Miami, I believe. Well, he Does either he co-owns owns or he owns himself. Uh, he lives. Uh, I believe he did all of his rehabbing in Miami as well. Where's Jim's at? Um, and he lives part-time in Orlando from what I know. Um, I still, I'll, I'll, I'll also say, you know, I'm going to cover it. Like he's not leaving until he actually leaves, you know, I think yeah, it's I, a disservice to the team a little bit. And I, I know you weren't with off you. like that. But. Well,
0: no, no. Cause I, I feel the same way about Giannis, right? Yeah. But I do think these situations are a little bit different.
1: Yeah. Oh, totally. Because... There's
0: a lot more smoke with Oladipo than there is with, with Giannis. And also Giannis is on a very good championship-caliber team. Victor is not. There is, a, there is a little bit of a difference. Yeah, so, I mean,
1: the, the, the real smoke, like you're talking about, is Victor releasing his message not through Team PR, which was that – was, that's weird. You know, that's, it's not me trying to say that's an indicator that he's leaving or something, but um, to, to go through Sham Sharania at the athletic – Instead of going through Team PR is is a weird look. I don't want to necessarily say that it's a bad look or it's uh, you know going to automatically equate to something, but I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Because I feel like that's kind of unprecedented a little bit.
0: Um, it's not a great look, but uh, players have really taken the empowerment thing to the next level. Um, this is I would chalk this up to more owning your own brand versus you know, sidestep in PR. I, I, mm-hmm. I just don't, I wouldn't put a whole lot into that. I can't imagine he would have made the statement without first talking to the team.
1: Well, actually, so it's kind of funny because I, I talked to Coach Dylan, I believe it was two weeks ago, was his first media availability. And he was asked how he found out uh, about Victor opting out at that moment. Um, and he said that he found out the exact same way we did. Which was pretty. Uh, I remember everybody on the Zoom call was a little bit like, "Whoa, that's uh, that's." Different. I mean, that's
0: shocking to me right now. That's the first yeah. time I'm hearing it.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, I believe Jay Michael reported that. I don't know if you know J. Michael. Jay Michael is one Jay of the. Michael. Oh, dude, he's he's, he's the best. I love Jay Michael. Um, shout out Jay Michael. But uh, yeah, so that was obviously that was weird. I, I, I don't know. Well, you know what? Let's get let's get away from talking about this. I think we, we could we could spin that in circles all day. What it comes down to is where this team is headed. I really liked what you were talking about with this team. I think uh, some people disagree with me uh, when I write about, oh, I think this team is still a piece away. Um, but I, I would fully agree with what you're saying. Uh, you I know one piece, pe-
0: they they think it's more than one piece, or they think it's less than one they piece? They think
1: it's less. Like, some people think of this team. I mean, I think if everything broke right and Victor was, you know, the exact same player he was in 18-19, it would take a lot to break right. But – I mean, I guess it's possible to make it past the second round, but beating the Bucs is like – that's this team is not equipped to play the Bucs very well. They don't shoot the Um, three well enough. Exactly. They don't shoot the three well enough. Um, They haven't shown a consistent ability to guard Giannis, which you need to have. Um, I mean, Miles Turner, they started experimenting with him a little bit, uh, trying to guard Giannis the last game they played, and he was adequate, but not uh, to the level of somebody like Bam Adebayo for Miami, who probably played some of the best one-on-one defense Uh, on Giannis all year. Um, And yeah, especially like you said, with the three, I mean, we shoot the three at, I think, believe top 10 in the league, but we shoot it the 30th most. So it's just not a great uh, combination of factors there. It becomes a math problem. Exactly. Exactly. Actually, I talked to Seth about that. Uh, Seth Part now probably, Feels like a year ago was probably a month ago. Um, and yeah, so obviously that's Also,
0: sometimes that, talking to Seth feels like it takes a long time.
1: Too, oh, so. dude, I felt like I was in middle school talking to Seth. I, I, I uh, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean like I felt prepared. I spent like probably, you know, five or six hours getting stuff together, ready to talk to him. And then I talked to him, like this dude knows more than I could take from my entire computer in a day's worth of research. Like it's just, but you know, just kind of looking at, at this team where it's headed a little bit. I think there are some chances for internal Im- improvement and development. I mean, I really – I did a significant deep dive on TJ Warren uh, last week and his defensive improvements this year and um, how he might improve offensively as well. Because he – you know, somebody – he's kind of branded a little bit as, a, as an initiator and somebody who's like a, an ISO god. And he is – like he's decent in ISO. He's not like great in ISO. But he doesn't get a lot of opportunities for that. He's more of a play finisher than a play initiator. Uh, coming off cuts or uh, or some kind of action. Um, and I so I think there's room for him to grow potentially on ball a little bit more because he's obviously phenomenal off ball. Um, how that works in the shot hierarchy, don't I have no idea. That's for the coaches to figure out. I'm just going to speculate on it. Uh, I mean, Damanis Sabonis is still only 24, uh, 23 or 24. His extension kicks in next year. Um, I think some people are a little bit less high than me on his ability to grow as a player. I mean, I think if his – outside shot becomes even you know markably a thing i think that expands his game in the offense quite a bit um and i think miles turner really started to flash uh in a you know the numbers are going to tell you otherwise uh but in watching it sounds like colin cowherd saying something like that (laughs) but uh you know it's true just watching the last couple games before the uh, the hiatus miles turner was you know the most confident he's been in, in a year and a half as a pacer really finding his role. Uh, Caitlin Cooper's been on that, you know, incessantly about his ability to role replace with, with Domas and how that started changing the offense. So I think
0: I I agree with you. If everything has to break right,
1: right, but then there still has to be
0: another guy. They're they're at least one short and I would argue possibly two. Um, They could use another guy who can complement what Vic does. You know, I mean, I, I actually think Brogdon is, if they had had a camp together and a full season, it, it probably the fit is probably a little bit more seamless than it was. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Brogdon being a little banged up and in and out of the lineup as Vic was coming back kind of hurt them and, and and trying to build chemistry and then the season stops. Um, I do think that's a good pairing, but you gotta find some depth on the wing, you gotta find a way, you know. So bonus and turner, they 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 had their moments together. Mm-hmm. Turner spacing the floor really helps them. Obviously, Sabonis being able to, to really manipulate the the defense from the elbow, from the wing. Like, the, the stuff that he's able to do through DHOs, you know, obviously Victor Oladipo being out there makes him even more dangerous as a DHO guy. I still think there's they need a high-level wing. Yeah. That's the thing. That's the crux for this team. They get a high-level wing, and I mean – you know, like a Jimmy Butler and it's a different conversation, but Jimmy Butler's don't grow on trees. If only, right? Right. Uh, This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito lay. Hello, I'm chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down. We break down who will be cutting cut. What are you two doing? Sorry, chip.
1: Just go to frito Snacket.sbnation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4 twenty twenty three. Void or prohibitive. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-Lay Snacket.sbnation.com. Yeah, I'm excited to see the Pacers play Jimmy Butler, actually. It's been a... Uh... Gosh, how long? Probably three or four months now since we got to see TJ Warren uh, tell Jimmy <laughs> Butler to go do some stuff that I can't include in this podcast. But <laughs> and that's a
0: different. Hey, I gotta say, man, defensively, that's a different TJ Warren than than what he was in Phoenix. And, and you know, I, I've probably been you know banging the the Nate McMillan is a good coach drum too hard for a lot of people. He's a good coach, and and that's one of the ways that he really coaches guys up. I still wish they they would shoot more threes, but you know, stuff like that, it gives them a little bit of an edge, um, based on, or, or, or a bigger edge on the court than they have on paper.
1: Um, no, I've been uh high on Nate McMillan for a while. I think that sometimes, uh, it's easier to, you know, I think you guys have talked about this before on, on nerder, uh, about how it's easier to judge coaches based off of the little minute things you see, you know, like, you know, out of timeout plays and, uh, fourth quarter offense in the last Those you know, are the, the places that that's, coaches
0: really make a difference.
1: Yeah, exactly. And th- those are the things you can really hone in on. Uh, but I think a lot of people negate, like, you know, some of the team building aspects, the fact that, I mean, uh, this this coaching staff, which, I mean, Dan Burke's been here for since I was born pretty much running the defense. But, I mean, Nate's been a huge part of instilling the c- culture as well. I don't love throwing that word around. It sounds cliche, but it's true. You know, there's uh, some places they get you to buy into doing things. That's it's important. Um, I mean, if you can get Boyan Bogdanovich to become a near plus level defender, uh, that's, Hey, that's some kind of culture. So, uh, cause so I remember watching him in, 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 in Washington, he was not a plus defender. Um, but yeah, I think his development and everything has been huge for the Pacers and can't go understated. So I appreciate you bringing that up for sure. I, I still think, you know, like with, with a high level wing, I just don't know how that works out. I don't know how that guy gets to Indiana. Um, and I don't know what you do to necessarily factoring them into the offense is the wrong way to put it. But to go back, I really like what you talked about with the mid Rangers. Cause that's something that I weigh in my head a little bit. Cause I think, uh, and this ties into what I want to talk about next. I think one way that, you know, the Pacers really bend the mid range to their will. They have some phenomenal shooters from there. Some of the best in their position, you know, I mean, TJ Warren is one of the best mid range shooters in the league. Um, Malcolm Brogdon, one of the best mid-range shooters in the league, uh, bonus can, you know, I don't love seeing how many 18 to 20 footers he takes, but he's comfortable doing it and he hits it pretty well. Um, you wish that he would take a couple more threes, but you know, he's good at it. We have guys who can do that. Uh, and I think Nate McMillan really empowers guys in the offense who maybe would be asked to shoot more threes somewhere else. Like, uh, I mean, last year in Phoenix, TJ Warren did it well, but he was, he was shooting, I believe close to five threes a game and playing the four for them. Uh, but he really just got to operate from the mid-range and, uh, and closer to the basket, which was, he was way more comfortable doing this year. Um, but, yeah, I think there's, there's a blending factor that's got to happen in which you allow those guys who are maybe um, – or not maybe, who are really quality from parts of the floor that you're, you're less wanting your shots to come from and, and balancing more threes. Because more threes has to happen. You're right there.
0: Yeah, and then, again, the, the math it's the math problem.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, tying that into to this team becoming a championship level team, uh, one thing I've kind of looked at recently. I mean, obviously, I think it applies to to all teams, but especially when looking at small market teams, um, I feel like you really have to sell out on one end of the floor in order to to try and account for not having the same high level talent that a team like the Lakers uh, might have. Or you know, they, you know, that's easy to just throw out the Lakers, but you you know what I mean? Like the the high market teams that are going to have the top level players. Uh, so in order to account for that, maybe you sell out on defense in order to to really uh, increase your championship level or you have the best offense in the league. It's impossible. Well, not impossible, but uh, I can't really think of a time where a small market team had both a, you know one of the top offenses and top defenses in the, is in, in the league while getting to a title. So I think that's kind of when you're looking at the Pacers right now, they're in the top 10 in both, but they're not a lead at either end. And I think that's right. what I look at there needs to be a way, maybe it's with the same roster, maybe it's by adding somebody, but there has to be a way in which this team becomes really damn good on one side of the ball and is above average on the other. So I think that's the path towards at least becoming a a contender.
0: Right. Absolutely. Uh, Like for this team in particular, I think defense needs to be, you know, top seven. I'd love to see their offense, (laughs) Do that but unless they're going to make wholesale changes i I don't see that happening and you know having trouble scoring in the playoffs for for teams that don't shoot enough threes like that's a real concern getting into the playoffs you can do it, but it becomes an uphill battle once you get into the playoffs and, and everything gets a little bit tighter so you know in, improving the shot profile of this team should be a goal for the off season either plugging in better shooters or revamping the offense so that you're creating more looks outside i understand the spurs philosophy of great not good on these looks but there is a certain point where you just got to take the good ones and hope the math works in your favor because otherwise the other teams are going to do it and now all of a sudden you're you're digging yourself out of a hole it'll also open up lanes to the basket you know if you're taking 43s a game you're going to get more layups just because of the you know, inverting the the offensive side of the floor.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like the Bucks saw this year, there just comes a point where Duncan Robinson shooting 11 threes a game, you can't really counter that because he's so darn good at it. Um, and it opens up so much more for everyone else. So I, I really like what you said there. You know, it just kind of in closing, before we get you out of here, um, what do you think would be a solid playoff for this team? Uh, or like what, you know, if, if you're looking at the Pacers, what do you think, You what do you want to see from them in this, uh, the bubble and, and potentially the playoffs and, or not potentially the playoffs, they'll be in it. Um, but, you know, what for you, what's a positive on that end?
0: Um, I mean, obviously, the, the questions around Victor Oladipo are, are going to determine how we all feel about what the Pacers do. If he's back and healthy and they get swept or something, you know, that'd be, obviously be a disappointment. That would not be ideal. Oh, I think even if he's not out there, this team should, should be able to get six or seven games in the first round, um, you know, with a puncher's chance to catch, you know, catch the team on, on a bad night. And so I, I think as long as they look competitive, everybody should be happy. This isn't a team that was expected to do much this year because they didn't have Victor all year. They exceeded those expectations. I think everyone should be glad. I just want to. See, I want to see more Edmund Sumner. That's what I want. Just give me. Just give me like thirty minutes a night of that, in the bubble. Let me be happy. Play Whoa. him through the mistakes. You know, hope hope something's there. I, I was high on him coming out of school. I still am high on. I am never going to sell my stock.
1: I I I'll
0: hold some of the Sumner,
1: Sumner stock as well. And I can't guarantee thirty minutes a night. Um, oh, but, it's not happening. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely not going to happen. But Nate McMillan uh, has said that uh, on the, the last Zoom call, he said that he is uh, planning on implementing some new rotations, uh, giving guys some run, and he said he's going to treat the uh, the first eight games like preseason. So um, expect Smart. some Sumner. I think we will see some Sumner. I hope we see some Sumner because he uh, – he shows some really good flashes. I, if if he could just stay healthy, that's one thing. I just want him to be able to stay Health healthy. Health has for been a, a big season. problem. Well, because
0: yeah. it's hard to develop when you're constantly injured. And exactly. He's just been injured so. much. I mean, injured in college. You know, the two ACLs. It's just, uh, it's a bummer because there's and he's so still much incredibly talent. explosive. It's yeah. There's so much talent sitting there that he just can't quite access because of the, his body.
1: It's yeah. A bummer. Exactly. Well, hopefully. We will, see, uh, we will see some good Sumner minutes coming up. Uh, Dave, what are you working on uh, coming up and just doing this weekend?
0: Well, so we've got the – you know, we, we just did the whole revamp, relaunch of the, the Athletic NBA show. So I've got Nerdish You Wrote on there every Friday. Um, you know, catch me everywhere. Got the Daily Ding. We're getting ready to fire that back up. We've been doing it weekly. But once the games come back, I'll be on that every night recapping the day's action with Zach Harper. Um, we finished up the Elite Eight Outlook series, me, Seth Partnow, and Danny LaRue over at the Athletic. And uh I think we're gonna be doing some bubble preview stuff over there too.
1: Awesome. Cool. Uh well Dave, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, and to uh, to all of you listening, please go rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, check us out anywhere else you can get your podcasts and uh, look at our articles on IndieCornos.com. Caitlin Cooper always has great stuff coming up. I will have stuff coming up soon. Actually, I'm working on kind of an exciting, uh, not-as-series basketball thing that, that ties into the Pacers that I'm, I'm pumped to put out, so hopefully you guys will enjoy that as well. Uh, just stay safe out there. Be smart. Have a good rest of your day.